Ladies and gentlemen, make sure your fishing worms are still alive, fetch a bucket of water from the well, and release the participants of your living Hieronymus Bosch tableau, because it's time to talk tall to me. I'm Omen Say. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. The weekly podcast where we dive headfirst without a parachute into... <laughs> I lost A vat made of pudding that is the songs of Jethro Tull. We have a terrible eating disorder. I, I don't eat it, and you eat all of it. I, Jack Spratt would eat no fat, his wife would eat no lean, and so between the two of them, they listened to Jethro Tull. Hey! Jethro Teen? Jethro Teen. Jethro Teen. The new teeth whitener. (laughs) For 17th century agriculturalists. Um, Do you uh, still have teeth? Are they not white? (laughs) So this week brings us to the third track on the third album oh my goodness oh goodness it is it is the 33 the age of jesus was it 33 yeah he was 33 when when stuff started happening stuff started when his career when his career took off he was a late bloomer (laughs) his career took off classic classic millennial he, I mean, he lived you with know, his parents for uh, for, a parents for a long time. time. Yeah. The economy in Bethlehem was really difficult it in was those days. Crap, and and his very little work. His mom missed him, so she let him stay there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. good luck renting a stable on the <laughs> the wages that they paid for carpentry then. And it's not like he it's not like he was married. No, no, he worked you know. he worked for his stepdad, but still. <laughs> Welcome back to talk blaspheme to me. <laughs> Bl- blaspheme. Blaspheme tall to me. Um, so so th- um, at some at some point we had a point here. That third uh, song on the third album. Omen. Oh yes, that's what it was. What? Yes, alive. The title is alive and well and living in. Let's listen. Oh, let's have a listen. I snuck in there. Oh, <laughs> just just like God did to Mary. Ooh. Now let's not use that. That's Hash- really gross. Hashtag Mary too. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Nobody sees her, hear her eyes are slowly closing. If she should want some peace, she sits there without Oh, but Nick. Oh, oh my God. When did you get here? Nick. <laughs> Who is this? This song, this is a bite-sized treat. This is a, a dainty little nugget compared to a lot of the songs on this album. I feel like this is uh, this is an amuse-bouche. Yeah, but it's, it's, but it's more like a, a sorbet because it comes in between. We've it's already had. Cleanser. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a delightful entrecourse. Yes. I don't think that's a phrase, but um, it, <laughs> I, I, haven't had, I haven't had entrecourse in years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's a sh- it's a short it's a short one. Yep. And and my goodness, how delightful! I like it a lot. 
it gives me it gives me it's so funny this is this is one of those songs where when i when i when i when i hear the title i don't re- i don't remember the actual sound of the song and then when i listen to the song i'm like oh yes yeah. this thing this delightful thing yeah because they're the the title is illusory and that's it there's no <laughs> it's it's not referenced or mentioned in the song there was a kid in high school who used to call me illusory <laughs> He works at a Walmart now. <laughs> there, there's so much. It's so funny because, like, there's in such a short amount of time, I feel like there's so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I want. To... <laughs> oh no, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I want to talk about the piano. Yeah, that's a great place to start. You know, this is the first album that we have, John Evan. Oh, that's sort of right. Sort keyboardist. I forgot. It, I was, I, for some reason, I was thinking it was Ian, but it's, no, it's John Evans. No. Yeah. John Evan. Oh, it's singular. a singular? It's only one John Evan? It's one Evan, yeah. Bummer. That's all they could afford at the and time. And this is the first album that we've, that we've had any keyboard on. Yeah. And this is the first song on the album where the piano starts to really come to the forefront. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I think that this, on this track, I want to go out on a limb. Wiley Coyote style and saw it off. And then I want to tell you that the piano is the hero of this song musically. Oh yeah. Oh the the piano is hands down the lead to this song. In fact, he has his, his hands down on it while he's playing it. Is that how you play a piano? I I never knew until now. <laughs> I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> no wonder I get no kicked wonder out. No wonder I got kicked out of the piano <laughs> store. Oh my god. Um, we've been doing this for way too long yeah 20 Um, 20 plus years the thing that i love about it is is uh it sneaks up on you a little bit yeah you know you don't i didn't notice it that much in the first in the first minute of it but then in the second half the piano really comes to the forefront and it really elevates the whole style of the band the whole sound and then we have that lovely well, he does some, uh, Evan's, Evan does some some wonderful riffs, some kind of jazzy, bluesy riffs, mm-hmm. but not like jazz, 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 just jazz, jazz. Just when you say the second half, do you mean once the lyrics stop, once the, the singing is done? And they basically just say, go, John, go. Go, John. You, you can go, do it. Go, John, and go, go, go. John, A. V. Evan. <laughs> yeah, I do mean that. I do mean okay, that, that yeah. the second part of the song yeah. is when they when Ian stops singing. So basically the last, I think it's the last like 40 seconds. It feels a yeah. lot longer than 40 seconds, but it's it's, it does. it's right it's about amazing. the two minute mark where where the, the, the lyrics stop. And then that delightful, what's the word, what's the word for when you slowly slow down? Decrescendo? Dec- no. No. Not crescendo. Um, it's not accelerando. Decelerando? It's a, it's a, dist- it's um, it's an uncelerando. Is that, is that actually it? No. <laughs> mine, mine made a little more sense than yours did. Decelerando? Yeah. yeah. Decelerate, descend, decent. Right. Decent. <laughs> yeah. What's, yep, what's descent? Way. It's a candle I'm burning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I, I have no shame anymore. 
so fun and it really it it works so well with the flute i feel like it puts the flute in context mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't heard the flute before right and suddenly suddenly there's this delightful softer intriguing light refreshing sound this this i think that you're i think that you're right on the mark i think this really is the pamplemousse sorbet of the 20-course heavy meat meal that is this album. It's, it's like a, a lot of meat soup. <laughs> a meat soup. Everything's boiled. And I just want to go back and reference the... Oh. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute here. Yes. This song was not on the U.S. release. Really? I'm seeing, with you there to help me, nothing to say, inside song. How do I know this? Was this on Living in the Past? Must have been. It must have been on one of the compilations. That's my, my, my face. It's melting. Uh, do you want to hear um do you want to hear what Ian Anderson said about John Evan in 1970? Ooh, yes I do. He said in an interview, John has added a new dimension musically and I can write more freely now. In fact, anything is possible with him at the keyboard. Wow. And that was the last time Ian Anderson said anything nice about anyone. That's that's pretty solid praise. That's that's high praise. Yeah. And I just want to go back to um to Living in the Past really quick. It was on Living in the Past and it went straight into just trying to be um which is that on benefit? It is it is a it's going to be a bonus track so we can re readdress then but in my mind hearing Alive and Well and Living it flows beautifully into just trying to be. Yeah. And it's it's a little jarring to go into Sun because Sun is such a heavy, especially the start, it's just bow, it's just like a really hard guitar. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to to, to mark is that um, Mr. Mr. Barr is super, super crunchy with his guitar. He's, I don't know... I know that they were experimenting with with um, some different recording techniques on this album, uh-huh. and he has found just such a crunchy sound on the guitar. I love it. In, in this song in particular? In this song in particular, it is particularly crunchy. He left it in the oven an extra five or ten minutes. I mean, everybody likes a little crunch to their guitar every now and then. I like a little crust on the edges myself. But there's some... Um... Honestly, I I only noticed the acoustic in this. Are you talking about the acoustic? No, I'm talking about the electric guitar. I need to listen to this again. You should have listened with your ears, Nick. <sighs> that's that's why the headphones are shaped that way. All wrong. Bizarre. That's why you got kicked out of the headphone store, Nick. <laughs> do you do, should we dive into the 
the lyrics? Yeah, let's. Yeah, I think I think we 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 did a a a, a nice solid job on the uh, on the music. Let's look at lyrics. Solid, solid, we, solid. We, we decelerandoed it. Yeah, we did. You know, we did. And I don't care who knows it. So this is a much more balanced and structured song lyrically. Yep. Than than last week's song that we listened to. And it's got a quite quite a clear narrative. Still no verse, chorus, bridge or anything, but still. But it, it does feel a little more, like you said, structured. It does feel a little more structured. Yeah, it's, it seems like it was written by a sane person whose job it was to write songs, <laughs> not someone who had been left in a cave for 30 years and had forgotten what other people looked like. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that was a bit hard. That was, I mean, you, you came out strong on that one. Yeah. So what are we talking about here, Nick? What What is the, set the scene, set the scene for me. What is, what is this, what does this song take you to journey-wise? Like, where are you when you're listening to this song? I, I feel like a, a fly on the wall yes. in this song. Yes. It feels like. But a sympathetic fly. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's. I, I feel for the character, for the mm. for the her in this song. The she. For the she. For the she and the her. Mm. And honestly, I I don't I I don't know if we're supposed to feel sympathy. Because there are parts of it that make me feel like like she's she's in a good place and she's comfortable. She's She's alive right. and well and living in, you know, she's happy mm-hmm. to do what she's doing and she's comfortable. But there's also, there's this feeling that even though she's not aware of it, or maybe she is on some deep level, she's missing out. She's, she's very settled into the status quo. Well, but it seems like a choice. If she should want some peace, she sits there without moving and puts a pillow over the phone. Yeah. That's that those are those are positive actions. Like this to me this song seems like it's like a story about a happy introvert. <laughs> huh. You know what I mean? It's like you know, she's she's created this life that that from our perspective might seem isolated yeah and yet she's happy maybe that's what she wants maybe that's what she needs at this moment in her life and it feels like she's in a better place now than she used to be as as you said she can't remember now when she was all in pieces like it seems like there was there was a, a previous period where things were bad and now she's collected herself and has the ability to to dance if she wants to without being judged yeah and then in the second verse we have another character, but I just the, I just want to tack onto that real quick. It, yeah, tack on. To me, it feels like an unhealthy reaction. But is that your judgment on it, or is that is that based on the evidence of of the lyrics? To to close herself off from everything. I mean, maybe maybe I am. Maybe I am in, interpreting incorrectly, or maybe that's 
maybe it's open enough that we are we are allowed to interpret however we we desire however we right. see it you know um i don't know right. i don't i don't have an answer to that i've just i think as long as i've been mm-hmm. listening to this song there's been a, a a level of depression like i feel for her right well i definitely feel like there's an ambiguity about it like a lot of the lines can be interpreted more than one way yeah and if she feels like dancing no one will know it does that mean that no one will know that she wants to dance or that she can dance and not have to worry about someone seeing her? see i always interpreted it as the former oh yeah giving herself but then it's giving herself a chance there's no need to show her how it should be like that seems like she's released from some kind of oppressive judgment. That there is no, there is no how it should be because it is the way right. that she wants it to be. That maybe there used to be a how it should be. Yeah. And now she's free from that. Yeah, I, I get that. And you are, you are certainly convincing me a little more toward, toward your, interpretation i am winning you're you are you are winning this this podcast you you you're winning the podcast i am i am the king of the world (laughs) that being said let's get into to verse two verse two coming at you so then we have the he coming yes now here's a line that i have trouble with Yes. She's quite content to sit there listening to what he says, mm-hmm. how he didn't like to be alone. Now, I feel I have some reservations about I feel like I feel like again that could that could be that could be two different things. And I'm actually inclined to 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 automatically interpret the negative path on this because it seems like it seems like a situation where this person, this woman, has um, sub subsumed her needs to the needs of uh, this man. Yeah, and, and and that she's engaging in emotional labor. But that's but that's also a very like I feel like that's a more modern perspective on that line. That when it was written in the 1970s, I don't know, everything was so different. I know, but. So, so I mean, so maybe it is, maybe she is le- legitimately content. Maybe she's really happy to, to sit there listening to this gentleman. Right. But, but, th- but now I'm going back more to your side. Like, is, is, is it an equal relationship if it's a relationship? Yeah, it, it. And if, and if he feels like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just t- to me, it feels like he's taking advantage of her. Because right. she can be emotionally manipulated because she is an introvert, because she is fragile, because she does not steers away from uh, conflict, the outside world. Yeah. Or if not, if if not, um, if not manipulated, at least leaned upon in a way. Sure. Oh, manipulated, whether he intends to or not. He right. on some subconscious he level feels... he recognizes that he can do this. Right. And if he feels like crying, she's there to hear him. 
She- I mean, or or that's a really supportive relationship. Yeah. But it's in- but it's interesting. We we hear it's like verse one is she's found peace being alone. Mm-hmm. Verse two is he's found peace and comfort with her. With her. And then we, but that that I feel like that equation is a bit unbalanced. Like yeah. that le- that does leave us with with some interesting questions. But then the last line: no reasons to complain and nothing to fear. They always will be. They always will be what? Alive, alive, and well, and, well and, and living, living in. in. So I don't know. It's it's a bit. It's provocative. I'm provoked. And I'm sure the fact that we are two cis males in 2019 has a... The interpretation is very different than what we would have... Than how we would have seen it in 1970. Hmm. No, but I, I, I do think I, I think that one of the things that Ian Anderson is really good at is writing ambiguity, ambiguouslessness, uh, ambiguous ambiguousness. Oh, I think I'm having a stroke. I had one of those removed last year. Uh, the <laughs> he yeah, and we're seeing it much more blatantly we're we're, album. we're seeing a lot of blatant ambiguity in this album blatant ambiguity yeah ambiguity that's right in there in your face telling you what what right what it it's is it's obvious ambiguity ambiguity uh, <laughs> but i i love this song i love the i love the it fills it fills me with with some sense of of hope and delight and comfort so so you know it's not just about the lyrics, isn't it? You know, it's it's the combination of the lyrics and the music leaves me with a feeling of kind of like of comfort and hopefulness yeah. and 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 happiness. And as as unclear as the lyrics are and as 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 unsure as we are about the he and the she, the the music does a good job of keeping it on the lighter side. Like that last 40 seconds of of noodling on the piano just leaves you feeling pretty darn positive. Yeah, yeah. It does. So... Are are we therefore supposed to supposed to take this in a positive light? We can't we can't separate the lyrics from the music because they are delivered to us as one whole piece. Yeah, no assembly required. Yeah, just put it in your ears. So <laughs> that's uh that was just that, that was IKEA's first uh, slogan. It just didn't 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 work. Didn't pan out. It, it it sounds better in Swedish. I think. <laughs> it didn't quite it didn't quite survive the translation. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, that's the problem. So <laughs> I I think I think as a thought exercise, just just trying to understand the lyrics is 
is helpful, but I, I don't think that it can be completely removed. No, no. That being said, like, that being said, the, the, when we started discussing the lyrics, I told you I always thought of it as a negative song. A sad, yeah. <laughs> so I guess even though I like that noodling, but you know what? I guess the noodling to me feels a little mournful. Mournful, mournful noodling? Mournful noodling, yeah. Yeah. It's when you catch catfish when you're sad. What? Do you know you don't know what noodling is? Is that is that um is that a fishing term? Yeah, you noodle for catfish by going barehanded into their mud dens and just like sticking your hand in their mouth and pulling up a catfish. Did you say mud dens? Mud dens, yeah. When they're like in the bottom of the silt. Is that what catfish do? Yeah. They're they're bottom feeders. Not my bottom. Well, you haven't met the right catfish. (laughs) Yeah. This, I think, I don't know what we're supposed to feel about it. I don't know that we are supposed to feel anything. I don't know that, I don't know that Ian Anderson is that kind of writer. Yeah, at least not on this album. Not on this album. Um, It feels more definitive it feels more definitive than nothing to say was, but it still leaves oh, you. Oh gosh, yes. There's at least a narrative. Yeah, it, it, and it's it still it leaves you with a general, a a general sense of closure. But but it is I guess it is up in the air as to how you will how you will take that closure. I, if I were to offer a. A moral, like if this story had a moral. Yeah. Hey, I think hey, Omen, what I would, if if this story had a moral, <laughs> yeah, what would it be? Are you talking about the story of the song or the story of us doing this podcast? Ooh, yes. <laughs> I think the moral of the song is potentially you can't judge a relationship from the outside without being in it. Because yeah. this could ease this could equally be the story of a toxic, um, emotionally abusive relationship where the the woman is not getting her needs met uh-huh. and the guy is is just dumping her dumping his emotional baggage on her. Or it could be a really healthy, positive, supportive relationship where both people are really getting what they need and are really truly happy. It literally could be either yeah, one. Yeah, and it, it speaks to the person interpreting it. It is a Rorschach song. Oh. That makes me really depressed now that we just figured that out. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Get thee to a therapist. I, uh, I need to go. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, I think it really is. I think that's the moral of the song. I think you're right. For me, it's the moral I'm going to propose. That feels right to me. Um, if yeah, doing this much of a deep dive and coming up and really that, that is the most concrete answer that we can come up with. I mean, that feels, that feels pretty right to me. I think that we have 
I think that we have taken the we've entered the ruins of this ancient civilization and figured out what that pointy building is for. Yeah. It's for sex. <laughs> most most pointy buildings are. <laughs> most buildings are. What are you talking about? Oh. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's um I feel like that um I feel like we did it. <laughs> now, yeah. what's the moral of this podcast? Of of us the doing of this, this podcast? podcast? I will tell you after we finish the last episode. Ooh, something to look forward to. There you go. Hang on for the next seven years. We really need to do the math and see where we're going to end up. I'm afraid of math. (laughs) We need to hire someone to do the math. It gives me me a special kind of anxiety. It gives me a special kind of rash. Uh, Yeah, math rash. (laughs) It's my it's my favorite. How long have you had this rash? I don't know. It's my favorite genre of music. What percentage of your body does this rash cover? Ah! <laughs> it's getting worse. So that's that is I think that's a a good I think that's as succinct a discussion of alive and well and living in as we can yes, get. Yes. I agree. If you'd like our subscriber base to be alive and well and living in our ratings, you can leave a positive review. Five stars. Six stars. Seven. Eight. You know what? Go crazy. Go crazy. Say what you enjoy about listening to Talk Tall to Me and what you think others might enjoy about this special podcast. That was good. It was a good one. Thank you. So what are we going to listen to and talk tall about next week, Omen? Next week, we are going to talk tall about sun. S-O-N. Sun. Not sunshine day, but sun. We will never speak of that ever again. Until... No. No. Yep. Yep. I'm Nick McGill. I'm Omen Said. We are Feckless Momes. And I'm Omen Sage. <laughs> Wait a minute. And this, and this has been Talk Tall to Me. Oh, hello. Talk Told to Me is a very proud member of the Feckless Moms Network. Klaus, return!